This week on Erotic Awakening, Coamory, long-term love, and some actual dares. Did you know Dan and Don have a new book in the works? The Polyamory Toolkit is a book that focuses on specific tools people can use to address the common issues and deeper aspects of a polyamorous relationship. This work includes topics such as jealousy, compersion, communication, migrating triggers, creating a solid foundation, and much, much more. Support the launch of this book by grabbing yours prior to its wider release, as well as get special perks. Head over to eroticawakening.com to find out more. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about how to maintain a long-term loving relationship. Ooh. We're going to talk about compersion and the difference between that and unicorn hunting. No, not compersion. Not compersion. where you were going. <laughs> and the difference between that and unicorns and unicorn hunting and does it actually work? <laughs> and we're going to be talking about, and we're actually going to be checking out this magical bowl, which only shows up on the camera if I lift it up. Ooh, <laughs> magic. Um, hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. How are you? Okay. I feel very scruffy today. Well, that's because you just got back from a holiday. Yes, and I did not shave the entire time I was gone. Nice, nice. Uh, it is nice, actually. That is one of the, uh, apparently, though. You can avoid when you're on holiday. You don't have to sh uh, shave every day. Uh huh. You have to shower at least every other day. At least every other day. I was so, not aware that was a rule. Oh well, it's not always a rule when you're with me. You weren't with me this weekend. No. I made sure to shower because I was with Big D. Uh -huh. And and uh -huh. needed a shower after your time with Big D. Is that Absolutely. What you're trying to say? Okay, fair More enough. Than once. Uh, we do. Here we are at the. Uh, it's funny because I've got food on boobs over here looking at me. Oh, I see the food. And we'll talk boobs. about our food and boobs. Although I don't nice. know that I wrote. Did you write down the person they came from? Oh, no. Did you? No wonder, and nobody shows us food on boobs anymore. We don't write down. Oh, I know what it was. I'll let you work on that. Uh, Don, our actual. Because the boobs are right there. Right. So. The boobs are right there, all covered in whipped cream and cherries. Mm. And but we'll hold on on that. Hold. <laughs> Um, so Don, our question of the day before we get started on anything else is you and I have been I stealth this question in on you. You thought uh -oh. it was going to be one of these truth I or dare did. questions. I did. Okay. Um, and I want to talk about what we're going to, we finally figured out how we're going to handle the dares mm -hmm. as well. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, the question of the day is Don. Yes. You and I have been together for how long? Almost 20 years. And do you love me still? Absolutely. Do you feel like you're in love with Absolutely. When I was gone for four days with one of my poly partners, did you miss me? Absolutely. So what is, do you think, what is the secret to that? Because you've been in other long-term relationships that did not go so swimming. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the secret of maintaining love in a long-term relationship? Well, I think the first thing that pops into my head is love is an action, right? Okay. So lo love is an action, not just a noun. Does that make sense? So you have to do things to make love work. And ours, I would consider a mature love right now. You know how you've got like the new relationship energy with the new love. Um, ours has matured, but I still get NRE feelings with you too. So, and I'm not exactly sure what causes that mm -hmm. because the previous marriage, that was 14 years. Wow, we've been together six years longer than the than the marriage, mm -hmm. so that's kind of weird. Um, but I fell out of love with him. Our we 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 just started following different paths. We had different 
um, things that motivated us. We had different goals. We had different, we, we just really kind of split apart. So, and it was, um, unfortunately, and I have no clue if he watches this or even knows about this podcast. <laughs> so now that I saw him at our son's wedding mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, Ooh, I, I wonder what I should say and shouldn't say, but, um, I, yeah, probably a couple years into the marriage and it, things just started going different ways. Mm-hmm. So, and I fell out of love with him. We had different goals and, um, Still decided to have a second kid, right? That's what you do. You're married. You, right. This is what you do. Um, with you, we do things together. We have the same goals. Not that I think you have to to stay in love, but we do. So I think it makes it easier. So we have some of the same goals. We have some of the same um, motivations. We have right. some of the same stuff. And, and we make a point to cultivate love. So, well, I think that part of it is pretty important. You make a point to cultivate love. Yes. Um, what I had written down was I love your, your comment that love is an action. Mm-hmm. You just don't take it for granted. Right. right? But uh, and, and of course, you're going to say you, you have to be able, willing to communicate with your partner when something is not on track, when something's not working, to be able to communicate that and see if there's an opportunity to grow or to to figure out what's not working for you anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we often see relationships, the thing that kills them is the fact that they stop communicating and stop trying. Right. And that just builds and builds and builds until one day that's it, some minor thing is the thing that seems to blow them up. Or, or they have the, the um, uh, famous, well, you should have known that was bothering me. But that happened right. four years ago. Why didn't right. you bring it up then? Yeah. So, and, and, Um, We also have friends that have a very long-term loving relationship, and they say part of what keeps them together is that they're able to speak the unspeakable. Yes. It may take them them a little bit to be able to do that because it's still very fearful. It's not just like, well, I have this unspeakable thing. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm -hmm. If it's unspeakable, that means that it's causing you angst. It's causing fear, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to be okay with speaking the unspeakable, and you have to be okay with hearing the unspeakable. Right. Right. And not just blocking it off and actually communicating and dealing with it. So you and I have gone through some stuff. We have had some moments where I wondered if we were going to make it. Mm -hmm. Right. And we I thought this relationship was too important to just walk away from. Mm -hmm. Right. I still loved you. I still was committed to you. And there was still something there that I wanted to grow, even though I was struggling and having a hard time. So we did the work. And the funny part is we're getting ready to publish this new polyamory book, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that includes a lot of tools that we are presenting for use in polyamorous relationships. But every once in a while, we, you know, it doesn't mean that they're only good for polyamorous right. relationships. Right. So it's a, it's a, I guess my point being is willingness to do the work, mm-hmm. right? To actually look through the toolbox and say, geez, this is not working for us right now. Mm-hmm. What is it that we need to do to address this? Right. But the other part that we have, which I think is essential in having a long-term loving relationship, is luck. In that yeah. Yeah. you and I, yeah. 20 years ago, we both said, oh, wow, we're kinky fuckers. And, um, you know, we're into this the power exchange relationship. We're in a kink. We're into mm-hmm. um, blah, blah, blah. Right? Right. And 20 years later... 
it's not like throughout this path, one of us has decided I am no longer into, I don't want kink in my life anymore. It's not a matter of how much you're into it, mm -hmm. but it's a rejection of it, right? As I've become, right. as, as I've walked further down the path of Buddhism and actually become a novice monk, fortunately, the path that I chose does not require me to reject kink. Good. Right? <laughs> but if it did, and you could say, well, we're polyamorous, I could still, you know, but, you know, it could well be that we one of us ends up on a path that says, you know, monogamy is the thing that works for me. And the other person says, no, polyamory is the thing that works for me. Yeah. Or... I certainly know people that have found um, found God, right? And said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a, I've found this new path, this new religious path, whether it's Christianity or whatever else." That says, "Here's how my life must be led," and the people around me must also lead that life, or to do the opposite, mm -hmm. to start off in a religious or a, a very clear sort of way for one person to say, "It's probably not my thing anymore," you know? Or you could become an addict again. Right? It doesn't have to be a religious path that makes you reject someone else's path. Sure. Right? You know, one of us could become an addict, and now our goals don't match anymore. Your goal is to save money and retire. My goal is to smoke up all your stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, when, you're, when your goals change like that as well, and they're just not compatible, that can start changing the yeah. whole loving dynamic and it's, i could still love you if you fell off the wagon it would not be a loving relationship and that's the funny part is we've switched the conversation and have we actually switched the conversation from long-term love to long-term relationships but of course you mm. don't i would not want a long-term relationship that did not include love right and if i had a deep depth of love hopefully a long-term relationship is part of it not, both are not necessarily true right i can have long-term relationships with friends that i don't love and I can have long-term love with someone I'm not in a relationship with. Eh. Eh, but, you know, even think about it. Friends, once goals change, once thoughts sure. change, friendships end. So if they're way off the track from each other, friendships end. Not all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But even a friendship relationship no, can end if there's a change in goals. That's legit. Or the goals just don't match anymore, right? I had a monogamous friend. Loved this friend dearly, right? Thought we were going to be friends forever. I got more into poly and more into poly and experiencing more relationships and things like that. And and it just didn't click sure. anymore. And the friendship was gone. There's was, there was no hard feelings. We just didn't have much to talk about anymore that was on the same. And that's kind of cool, thing. too, when you can present that to someone and say, I can see our paths have separated. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, our paths have separated. Good yep. luck on yours. And some people can still keep friendships like that. I'm mm -hmm. not saying it's an automatic done deal, but it becomes harder to stay friends when you're when you're not having some interests that are yeah. the same anymore. Or even if when not only just not having the same interests, but have, when one person's interest is perhaps repulsive to the other person. Yeah. Or sinful or wrong in right. some way. Right. Tell us what you think, oh, <laughs> podcast listener. Head over to the Facebook page, Erotic Awakening Podcast. Oh, all one word. Thank you. I know. I'm sorry. Sure your <laughs> it's not like we don't do that every I time. know, but it's in a different spot. On the, on the 469th episode of the Holy podcast cow. today, as a matter okay. of fact. The Erotic Awakening random Instagram follower is... Matthew10435. You can find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day. Did you post the picture of the porch? 
did I send you the picture of the porch for the Instagram or just show you? Our Instagram address is Erotic Awakening. What are you talking about? What porch? So I, I showed Dan this picture of a porch the other day and I'm on my phone and I'm like, look at what I did. And I'm showing him this picture of a porch and he's like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, that's the porch from porch time. Oh yeah, you did send me that. That's I did. Yeah, I rolled. I I drove. I took a Kaya, and uh, we were up in that area of town. So I drove her by by that place, and I'm like, I'm taking a picture of this for Instagram. <laughs> it is the porch from. If anybody's read Living MS, you know we talk about porch time as one of our communication tools. That is the porch. So I have to send you the pictures well, so on Instagram so people can see the little itty bitty porch that we used to do porch time on to to deal with our I, uh, our. Uh, Challenging situations, Challenging situations. That allow, <laughs> love to last forever. Yes. Um, and that is a good opportunity in case you do what I do on occasion, which is skip past the intro to podcast. We do have a new book coming out called The Polyamory Toolkit. Go over to Erotic Awakening and find out about it. I think I've said that three times. Well, we're excited. No, we, we are excited. Brand new. Just, just coming out. We just finished BTL, so now we can move on to the next project. And the next project is the book, which yep. we've been working on forever. And this will be that kickstart to uh, get the last bit of it done. Absolutely, because um, so it will be available in people's hands or tentatively Goal. February 1st. Goal is February yep. 1st. Have it available for the Valentine's Day for people that dig Ooh, that. Thing. That is the goal. So Dawn, um, we have this new, we've been doing Sexy Truth and Dare for a while now, for except for we haven't been doing any Sexy Dares. Okay. So now we have this bowl, we and um, uh, one of my partners, Kat, one day sat with a pair of scissors and chopped up all those sexy truths and sexy dares. Mm -hmm. First, we're going to handle a sexy truth, and then we're going to actually talk about sexy dares, which we've been stalling on how we're going to do that for a while. We actually have Trying a plan. Trying to figure out how to do it. Yes. yes. Yeah, but first off, plan. so the sexy, um, so I guess we'll both pull one, and it's the thinner ones like okay. this. Okay. All right. I can do that. Well, you got to pull one, too. I got to pull Don't one. Don't look at it yet, though. All right. Or do you want to go first? The thin ones? Okay. I'll go first. Okay. You go first. <laughs> Would you rather sleep? only with only insanely hot people or sleep with only people who think you're insanely hot <laughs> huh. so you only sleep with people would you rather sleep only with people that you think are insanely hot or people that think you are insanely hot i know i, I know i know how i'm answering. well that's kind of a weird question because whether other people think my you know what are you going by Who's who's judgment for insanely hot? The people that I sleep with, yeah, I think they're insanely hot and very fucking sexy. That's what turns me on. Sure, right? I don't know how they fit in everybody else's ladder of insanely hot. Um, so, but it feels like the question is asked. Wait a minute, now hold on. What? Um, who's it? Thor, Chris Helmsworth. Uh huh. See, that's what I was getting ready to say. He's insanely hot, right? If 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 we're going by what I think the question is really asking is no, no, it's it's, it's about your your judgment of what insanely hot is. So, for example, okay, to answer the question, I would rather sleep with people who think I'm insanely hot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think people I sleep with are insanely hot. Yes, Chris Helmsworth and um, the one that plays Loki. Can't think of his name right. Tom, Tom something, and Hildebrand. 
uh, Hiddleston, 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 whatever, something like that. It's not that cute, but anyway, but would I rather sleep with people like that, which is what I think the question is asking, uh-huh. or people that think I'm hot? People that think I'm hot. I don't know that they're any good at sex. They're just yeah. hot. Yeah. I, I, and if they rely on being sexy, then they may not be so great in bed. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And But I agree for a slightly different reason. Okay. My uh, kink is I am a, and I've used this term and don't get stuck on the term, but sexual vampire. Yes. Right? I get turned on by how much someone is turned on by being with me. Yeah. Right? And the more that I can turn them on, the more excited I get. So anybody that found me extremely hot, it'd be easier for me to get them engaged and going and turned on, which would be more fun for me. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, same you're answer on that hot. one. I said you're extremely hot. Why, thank you. I'm glad you think so. What is your question? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, face. have you ever kicked someone out of your bed immediately after having sex? Yes. So have I. Well, there you go. But it wasn't my bed. I'm kind of curious about yours. You uh, said yes very fast. Yeah, my, I, more thinking, than once. More I'm than thinking once. swing club. It wasn't my bed. <laughs> it still gets out really fast. Swing club. Um, <laughs> I don't think that counts. I, I would say, uh, well, actually, you are one of those people that I kicked out of bed after we were done fucking on our second date, our second sex date. We didn't actually have sex. That was our second Interview. interview, yes. Oh, you certainly did. Yeah, you did not like that. I did not like that. Not um, only did you kick me out of bed, you left. Yes. That was a challenging. You were having some doubts going on. It was a bit. It was a bit rude. <laughs> it was a bit rude, but I chased you down. We, we got to figure it out. Um, I forgot about that. And I've done it with somebody else where you and I were kind of doing a wife swap sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna go wow, the that's stories, just... they're like 20 years old. You know, what was kind of neat is me and Big D went out to dinner Friday night mm-hmm. and we hit that uh, Chinese buffet over there on the west side. Okay. The big, huge one that used to be the Italian place. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I pointed to him and I'm like, so see that door right there at the top of the stairs on that motel? He's like, yeah, I'm like, that's where mine and Dan's first interview was. So our first DS interview. Uh-huh. So that's just kind of neat that I can be with somebody and point it out and, and he gets it. You know, mm-hmm. he gets the relationship we have and it doesn't yeah. affect the relationship that he and I have. And it's really kind of neat. It is kind of neat. Um, obviously, over the weekend, you're aware that for the past, I went on a little trip with Karen, one mm-hmm. of my other partners. And she reached out to her other partner because they're mm-hmm. trying to buy something. And um I had some correspondence with my other other partner. So, you know, we have this, we're very fortunate in that regard to be open with each other. Why, what, what, what does this relate to the question we just had? I have no clue. Let's move on, get off on that. Now, the um, sexy truth Uh-oh. works like this. Oh, it, was, it started out with kicking out of bed. Oh, oh, kicking out of bed, second interview, first interview. And out sharing that with the different yes. people, right? Yes. Sharing this is an important, hey, Polly partner that I'm with at the moment, here's an important thing with me and another partner. Yeah. And for oh, them not to freak with, out. Even with Big D, I know what his text ringtone is for his wife. Yeah. And it goes off every now and then. So, and it's just like, he'll tell me if it's something I need to know about, but usually it's not. And he just clicks it in. Or if it's a picture of the new grandbaby, he's like, oh. Sure. <laughs> so, Don, we also, amongst the bowl, there's also the sexy dares. 
So here's what we're going to do with the sexy dares. What we've been trying to do is come up with something to say thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Mm -hmm. By the way, thank you to our latest Patreon subscriber, Ebo, Ooh, one of our local, local fellows. Nice. I can thank him in person at some nice. point. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, now that I think about it, I still have a to-do related to Ebo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's not related to Ebo, though. It's related to somebody very near to Ebo. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So here's what we're going to do, Don. I'm going to reach okay. my little paw in here and pull out a sexy dare. Now, the, the difference is you see the dares yep. are fat papers. Yes, I see that. And you pull one out. Okay. I got one from the bottom. Okay. Okay. So, Dawn. Yes. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, I'm going to say, I dare you too, and I'll read this. All right. I don't want you to give me any indicator if you're going to do it or not. I don't have a good poker face. That's okay. not my problem. <laughs> and you're going to tell me what you're going to dare. Okay. And no, then. I say, I dare you too. With mine, right? Yeah, I guess that works too. Okay. Um, and then we are going to play them out. Right. Or admit that we're big cowards and not doing them uh -huh. on the old uh, Patreon-only feed right. Patreon that we have. Patreon-only feed. So, right. so not um, everybody gets to see it. But, of course, you know, then we'll talk. <laughs> the following episode that we actually do, we'll, we'll talk about how we did or what we did or something. Okay. So again, it's not to screw you if you're not a Patreon subscriber. It's to give you, if you are a Patreon subscriber, a little something special that, that you get. So, so we can say thank you for supporting us. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, it's nice that the microphone and the camera mm -hmm. and all that kind of jazz doesn't have to come out of our savings or whatever. Anymore. And, or <laughs> any less. It's definitely put all right, Dawn, money into it. Do you want to okay. go first or should I go first? You go first. Dawn. Yes, sir. I dare you to pick up any book or magazine in the room and read from it as seductively as possible. Okay. Now, you think that's easy, but in this room, uh -huh. most of the shit in here is Buddhist sutras written 2,500 years ago. So. I'm going to sneak this one well, in I, here. No, you can't do that. <laughs> All right, so that's your dare. Okay, so, Dan. Yes. I dare you to kiss my nipple for 60 seconds. Oh, my. <laughs> you don't have to be a Patreon subscriber to know how that one's going to go. <laughs> so there's Sexy Dare. We'll have to hold on to those, and we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with those in just a moment. Um, hey, new yes. subscribers on the occasional newsletter. We do. <laughs> so we got Almost Naked Ape from England. What a great I like that name. One. And Bobby from Ohio, who has the greatest email address in the world, which I'm not telling you. I didn't see it. I'll have to go look again. And then we have Alan, who did not put their location. So, Alan. <laughs> you can get your EA shout-out. Head over to eroticawakening.com, and you'll find a link in the EA News. And you'll find a link to the, the EA, EA Newsletter. And that is just about it before we get to our actual topic. So, indeed. Though, we do have... Oh, so, the food on boobs that you got is from yes. Tenny Penny. Tenny Penny. Tenny Penny. Tenny Penny. It is Tenny a beautiful Penny. set of boobs. With um, chocolate and whipped cream, cream and, and, and a banana. And <laughs> I'd eat that. It looks yummy. <laughs> and I really like what they said because they said, hey, I was, I'm upset that nobody ever sent, that Tom always gets the tentacles. Nobody sends you boobs. Mm -hmm. And she said, wait, I've got boobs. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I was the new boob picture. And then I've got a, a nipple showing from Sissy Millie. Yeah, that's that from the live Apple Pie. Uh -huh. So there, someone sent me a picture, uh, Sissy Millie sent me a picture of uh, two women wrapped up in live octopus. Live octopus is not usually my thing. My thing is usually hentai. 
-hmm. So, which is the tentacle porn stuff. But there was um, nipple, like nipple showing through the live uh -huh. octopus. So and then there was two girls and they're all wrapped up in the slimy, sucky stuff. <laughs> there was a spot where there was nipple showing and that was hot. That was hot. So I don't know why. Just uh, because a lot of times <laughs> when it's a real boob and a real tentacle, you're like, ew, ew. Right, but this one was just hot because it was just peeking through. Okay. It almost looked like it wasn't planned, like something had moved, like something had moved, uh -huh. and, and her nipple was just peeking through because nothing of the other girl was showing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, to you. And then you've got one, and anything else? Oh, no, a live it. one wrapped around two girls with a nipple showing. Got it. Got it. Um, so, Dawn, the, the topic of the day, and here we are. I don't know what time it is. You've got a watch. I, I do have a watch. It is quarter after six. Um, and I don't know what that means as far as how long you've been recording. I guess the point is, oh, podcast listener, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> if you so, Dawn, when you and I first started our relationship, actually, when we first started our relationship, we decided we were going to be alternative right off the bat. Absolutely. And this was about 20 years ago, and we didn't have a lot of language. And do we even know that the word polyamory existed at that time? Oh, it had just, I'm thinking, we just talked to Oberon Zell, and we just had this discussion on one of our previous podcasts, like just a couple of podcasts mm -hmm. ago. Well, the word was out there. The word but was the out we there, know not, it. so we didn't know it. So the word wasn't created until 1990, I think Oberon said. So it was okay. his wife, Morning Glory Zell, that came up with that word, polyamory, and then they um, posted it in an article in the Green Egg mm -hmm. magazine, and I, I think... Oh, I have to listen to one of our older podcasts, but I think he said it was 1990. We started our relationship talking about it at least in 99, okay. 98, 99. Okay. So Google wasn't around, Bing wasn't around, or any of the others sure. weren't around. You know, we had access to some bulletin boards and IRC and stuff, but no, I, I don't. We didn't know the word. The point being, Correct. the point being, uh, one of the, so we did not know what we were actually looking for, and we started off uh, wandering into both the swing community and the BDSM community. Mm -hmm. And although we found some um, fun and excitement, <laughs> and in the BDSM community, we found a lot of good people, and there's a lot of good people in Swingland as well. We just didn't stick around there, um, but. As we learned more about it, we attended like the second of the Poly Columbus meetings ever, and there's like six people in right. the pagan bookstore. Right. Um, one of the words that we found was coamory. Mm -hmm. And coamory is the idea of a couple right. looking to explore polyamory right. as a couple, as a couple, as a single unit moving right. into the lane of polyamory. Right. Um, and it could mean a couple looking for a third. Mm -hmm. Or a couple looking for another couple, yeah. which I saw advertised today on a group. There was a couple looking for another couple, and they said that was their dream situation. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of our dream situations, sure. you know. And that's yeah, exactly how we started yep. working in um, Swingland. I forget what they call that, but they're it's same room swap, right? Where you guys yeah, are going to stay in the same swap, either same room swap or full swap. No, you're mixing the two terms. Am I mixing Same room swap. Damn it. You're, okay. you're, you're staying in the room with each other as you're playing with other people, right? right. So that's kind of the swing version of this, I think, I right? Think. We're not swing experts, right. that's for sure. Um, Unfortunately. We're just sorry, not did good I say that? <laughs> we're not good at it. <laughs> um, so in the poly realm, 
doing polyamory as an existing couple. So some people approach polyamory as a person and they are going out as a person. I just had a light bulb moment, but keep on going. I'll Some remember. people approach polyamory as an existing couple mm -hmm. and they are approaching polyamory as a, as a couple. Now, what's your light bulb moment? The light bulb moment is we did start out in swinging and poly and BDSM. And in swinging, that's perfectly acceptable to start out as a couple. Oh, whether yeah. you do soft swap, whether you do false full swap, whether you do same room, whether you do, you know, um, uh, opposite rooms are okay or whatever, you're allowed to define all those things that you're looking for. So when we went into poly, it seemed perfectly acceptable, right? And then I found the word for it and then it was really acceptable. So, and, and there's, there's no thought that it's not right. acceptable, right? And so that's, I'm betting yeah. why that okay for us. So this led us, and we had this conversation yesterday, and this led us into the discussion of, of unicorns and unicorn hunting. Mm -hmm. Unicorn, the idea of a unicorn, it's a mythical creature that you'll never find. And in polyamory, a unicorn is a single bi femme that is okay hooking up with a couple. Right. And a unicorn hunter is a person looking for that single bi femme to have them join their existing mm -hmm. relationship. Right. Um, now, time has gone by, and it's not necessarily by females anymore that are considered unicorns. Um, my uh, One of my partners at Beyond the Love labeled herself as a unicorn, and, a uni and she is not a single anything. Right. You know? But she also labeled herself as a unicorn hunter. So there you go. Okay. Um, She's a switch, isn't she? She is a switch. She's a switch. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't know if she would call herself a switch. Because the unicorn doesn't necessarily give up, doesn't have a BDSM connotation. Right. So that we're going to go off. So what is the difference then between coamory and unicorn hunting? Is where we got stuck yesterday. Oh, that is where we got stuck yesterday. So and decided to give it a little bit more thought before re-recording it, right? Mm -hmm. So because co-amory, the idea is, is that it is, it's a couple that's looking for a third or looking for a couple, but like you said, they're people that do polyamory together as a unit. And um, unicorn hunting and a unicorn, I think people are meaning it to be the same thing right now. But it's actually used as a way to shame people. Right. There's people that are so against unicorn. Tell them, not me. I know. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, um, there, there's so many people that are against unicorn hunting right now. They think it's unfair to the third person coming mm -hmm. into an existing relationship. They think it's unethical because the people that are already in a relationship have couples privilege. Um, and things like that. So, they're labeling it as unethical. And, and we run into... When you start tossing labels around, be it unicorn or couples privilege, and it, the trick is to have a discussion versus having a label, yeah, right? No. Here's, it here's where to be an attack, though. It does it often. Yeah, yeah, yes. We're on the internet. On the <laughs> internet, that's the case, right? Right. Um, when you tell someone that they are practicing couples privilege, for example, mm -hmm. you're just slapping a label on them. Mm -hmm. When you suggest to someone, hey, is that kind of one of these situations where you're taking your privilege as a couple 
and using it to your advantage to someone else's disadvantage, then you're having a conversation. Then you're having a conversation. Though I'm still confused with um, why that's an issue. And people say I'm confused because I'm in a primary relationship, okay. right? So because I'm like, I'm, I have a secondary. He's perfectly fine with not being an equal partner. I'm perfectly fine with being a secondary and not being an equal partner in his. And we honestly had someone A, right, mm -hmm. her as an example a lot. She actually liked dating us as a couple. She liked the energy that you and I had as a unit, right? Because as a unit, we kind of, we, we talk about this all the time. We develop this third entity, mm -hmm. right? There's you, there's me, and then there's a third entity. And she liked dating that third entity. So right. she didn't particularly want to date me and you. Separately. Individually, yeah. Yeah. The, the idea of dating, dating a couple. Dating a individually for me would have been bizarre. Just right. wasn't the way that situation was set up. But there are situations where, and here's where the couple privilege is a problem, in my view, is if you are in a couple and you say, oh, we're looking for a third to complete our little family. And then mm -hmm. you find somebody who says, oh, that sounds like a great deal for me because I'm, that's what I'm looking, looking for. for. Right. right. And um, Thanksgiving rolls around and you say, okay, third, you stay home and watch our kid because we're going to go off and spend family time. Or you go home, you stay home and watch the dog. Right. Because we're going to go off and do family stuff for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Right. Or um, it's really, I don't want to go through a thousand examples. It's a matter of not giving that person a it's not respecting that person as an individual that need, has needs and wants to be part of a relationship as well. Yeah, but see, and this is where I want to argue. It's like if they've agreed to that coming into it, hell, maybe they don't want to be around family. Maybe they want to stay home and sit with the dog. Maybe it just hasn't progressed to where everybody's comfortable with showing off the third in front of mom and dad, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people are always growing as people and as relationships. And some of that stuff takes steps to get to. So outsiders see it as unfair, right? Because they don't know what's been negotiated. They don't know what each person is looking for. They just see it through their own filters. Mm -hmm. And that's when unicorn hunting and unicorns are used as shaming, mm -hmm. as words to shame. So, but if the people are okay with it, if the third's not okay with it, the third has options right? They can discuss it. They can renegotiate. They can leave. So, you know, everybody's got options in this situation. I think a lot of it comes from the idea of we're having this peer-to-peer -peer discussion beforehand and we're laying our cards on the table. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you and I know um, we used to have people on staff at Beyond the Love. I think they were on staff way back at the beginning. Um, that they were a couple, they added a third, and everybody's happy, and now they all live together. Mm -hmm. And they've all lived together for, I don't know, 10 years now. Yeah. As a triad? As a triad that started with either Coamory or, I don't know, uh, you're really not looking at Unicorn Hunter because I don't know that. We'll say as a Coamorous relationship, right? Right. Um, we certainly know people that come to BTL every year. And I don't want to pee. Uh, this guy and his two <laughs> lovely ladies, right? right? That come to be, you know, that's their same situation. So, right. 
it's all a matter of how, like you said, it's a matter of how you approach it. I think that the reason that unicorn unicorn hunting gets a bad rap is because a lot of people approach it from the it's hot and neat, and when it gets rough, the couple worries about themselves, not the third person, and that's where it's unfair to the, the third person. So, I can come up with examples on both again. So, I mean, I'm just so much about. Let me put a different. Let's, let's go a different direction then. Do okay. you think that there's ever been a situation where that unicorn person, oh, we want this third person to join our family, mm -hmm. and that third person shows up, and then they don't get treated well? Oh, I'm sure it happens. That the one of the people in the primary coupling says, or "Whoa, <laughs> doesn't matter." One of the people in the primary coupling says, I'm really uncomfortable with this third. So mm -hmm. we're gonna let's take a break from having this third for a while. Mm -hmm. Without that being negotiated beforehand. Without somebody saying, Oh, by the way, third, if we ever become uncomfortable, then you're gonna get booted to the side. I'm betting some people do mention that up front because they're self-aware enough. I'm betting some don't because they don't know that that's even a possibility until it happens. Fair enough. I don't think people set out, for the most part, I don't think people set out intentionally to hurt other people. I think people end up in pain and they do what they need to do to try to fix that pain. I agree. But I think that it happens more often than you think it does that there's a primary coupling that brings in a third and then boots the third to the side when it starts to get hard. And the third I has no expectations that, of that happening. But how many times, so to throw this little quirky into your thought, how many times do we also know a third is brought in and the primary person, one of the primary persons is kicked out? Certainly we, we know situations <laughs> like that. Right? We know situations yeah. like that too. So I think, I think love is messy. I think relationships can be defined as much as we can define them if that's what we want to do. Not that everybody wants to define it, but I think we can define it as much as we can at the beginning. I think it can still get messy. I still think it's communication that helps with all of that, mm -hmm. right? And really, that's where we need. What I want to get to now is right. If you are a couple that says, "Well, we are. We want to try this coamory thing, right? We want to, as a couple, start mm -hmm. dating other people. How do I do that?" True. I and I like, and we do need to talk about that. But I also want to talk about the why people do that, too. The why people date as co-amorous couples. Okay. So um, because I was thinking about this last night, remember? I almost asleep and I go, aha, that was one of the reasons we did this as a couple. Nope. You don't, don't remember, remember that? You were asleep. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> so, um, but I think we were a little nervous trying polyamory for the first time. Mm -hmm. you know? we, well, we were also starting power exchange. So our situation is a little bit different, right? And we were so busy building our relationship. For, for me, anyway, it was a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping into this new world, holding the hand of my partner, and we're going to jump in together, and we'll be there for each other when things go wrong. And I think that's why co-amory worked for me so well. And I'm betting that's why a lot of couples do it. You know, we're a couple, we're partners, let's do this together. So they want a third person to bring in. Right. Because going off and doing polyamory separately is very, very scary for some of us. Mm -hmm. So and I think that's why some of us choose this. You think? 
Yeah, I think that's that's probably why some people take this path. I think it's also because some people they like the coupling, mm -hmm. right? They like the energy of who they are as a couple, mm -hmm. and they like they want to do something together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, totally agree with that. So, and I think that's what draws some thirds in, right? That whole that whole energy, and some thirds jump in because they don't know, and this is perfectly fine. They don't want the responsibility of, hmm, I, I can visualize this and I'm not sure that I can actually word this correctly, but I have had thirds tell me before that yes, they want to date a couple because it takes away some of the responsibility. And I'm not sure exactly how to word that. No, exactly. no, I get you know that. I mean? Like, absolutely. Um, there are some people so at the last Winter Wickedness, or they, there was a class that Raju Rihanna, I think is her name. Close, uh, close, yeah. Was doing a class on unicorning, being how to be a successful unicorn, how to successfully navigate being a unicorn, mm -hmm. and why people would want to be a unicorn. What's the advantage of being the unicorn, mm -hmm. right? Um, like you're saying, you know, like if I am a third, shit, I would love to be a third in somebody else's relationship for exactly mm -hmm. that reason, yeah. right? I don't want to sit around and talk about the bills and um, who's going to, you know, change the cat litter and all that kind of shit. I want to come over and watch movies, Netflix and chill, as the kids ne say. Ne Netflix and chill. And sometimes quite literally, yeah. Netflix and chill, right? Yeah. Like, where are we going on vacation? I said, okay, call me when we're ready to go on vacation because that's, you know, now that's not what all thirds, some thirds want to be part of the whole family union, right? Right. I don't but it does give you that flexibility. I would. I don't think I would personality-wise because I think I would. I, I want to be the fun one. <laughs> yeah. Call me up when you want to have fun and you guys do the primary responsible stuff. <laughs> right. Um, so, so I, you know, the point, I think all through all this, the point becomes um, if you are a couple that is going to explore polyamory together, mm -hmm. then as a couple, now first warning about that is just because you start that way doesn't mean you're going to end up that way. Which we did not. Right. Right. What so we found out was that it doesn't, polyamory is a lot of, it didn't work for us. Um, and we talked some about that. The, the way that you relate to people, the way I relate to people is a different speed. Mm -hmm. And, but really we kept trying it until as a couple, we dated another couple. Perfect for yeah. us. Perfect situation for us, right? Except <laughs> you fell in love with the girl and me and the guy, we liked each other as friends. We already mm -hmm. knew each other. We had a lot of respect for each other, but it was kind of like, oh, you thought this is what I wanted. Oh, you thought that is what I wanted. Oh, we're not on the same right. page. Yeah. And we're still friends. I mean, we could still but we're incompatible as partners. But we're incompatible as partners with what each of us was looking for. The other just couldn't provide. So the first part, if, if you want to explore co-amory, mm -hmm. side note. Is there a chapter in our book about coamory? I don't know. Well, you should probably stick it in there. No. <clears throat> huh? I said, okay. Well, I thought you said why. No, no. In my head, I was saying why because it's not a tool. Oh, But we could do our own musing at the end like we're doing on some other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, how to be polyamory and flirt with other polyamory people isn't necessarily a tool, but it's amusing that's going to be in the book, right? Yeah. So as you approach coamory as a couple, right, to, to recognize, first off, um, you're going to get 
some pushback mm -hmm. and be called a unicorn hunter. And that's a disparaging term in many poly circles. So be prepared to explain who you are and what it is that you're looking for and to accept that some people won't dig that. And that's okay. Right. And use the word polyamorous, right? Mm -hmm. It's a valid word. Absolutely. Um, figure out then what it is that you're actually looking for and be able to explain that well to potential partners. Be able to ex fully explain, hey, we're a couple looking for this. Here's the roles and responsibilities and the fun and the excitement and to the best of your ability. Here's what happens if things are funky. You can do this, can do that. And even then to recognize, no matter how well you plan it, you're going to then add the wacky world of emotions. Right. And things may not work out. You know, if you decide you're going to have a way to pause the poly search, make sure that you recognize that's a very significant thing that you're doing if there's already a third person right. involved. Right. So how are you going to communicate it? How are you going to do it? Do you plan on it being a pause for a limited time or something that's just ongoing <clears throat> until it resolves itself? Now, what you I know, would, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. What I would recommend, though, therefore, <clears throat> is as you begin these relationships, you find this third, you have this conversation, and you agree that we're going to try it for a very brief amount of time. Mm -hmm. And we've right. done that, we've done that before with, with people that we mm -hmm. talked to. Yep. You know, going okay, so we're new at this. We're going to try this. So so we're going to try this for a certain amount of time. But we will commit to for this amount of time. Yes. Right. So that the highs and lows. So that the person won't be three days in, and then say, oh, you know, we're we're vetoing this whole thing um, because he's uncomfortable with how hot you are or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, and that's you know that's really I, I think the all I've got on that. That's how I would approach it to recognize, um, come in with a plan, come in with a, a way to communicate that plan to these potential partner or partners, do it for a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. And if things go great, then say, Hey, wow, things went great. Let's do it for another twice as long this time. Right. You know, until you find that cadence, find that balance where you stop, where you forget to keep negotiating because mm -hmm. it's not working so well. Um, come up with, you know, from another book that we wrote, this idea of porch time, but this idea of having a safe place to communicate. Which is very important in this situation, right? Because if you're doing polyamorous, the couple usually already has a way of communicating. Mm. So, well, we, we had porch time, but yes, know, hopefully anybody starting in polyamory has thought about some sort of communication method, right? So um, I highly recommend that. And then when you bring in the third, yeah, what is the communication expectations? So not just who's going to text who when, but what if something comes up that's bothering somebody, right? Because you want the relationship to be honest and based on honesty. So, and also realize that you are going to get pushback. If mm -hmm. you put ads out there where anybody can read them, you are going to get pushback. So not so much in the BDSM community, if you're doing it like through FET or something, but more in the the polyamory groups. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, you know what? And and to recognize in the different communities, you're going to be seen differently. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. In swing lane, it's going to be up, oh, just run of the mill. Right. That's what everybody does. Mm -hmm. In um, uh, the BDSM community, pretty acceptable. And it's all about negotiation in the BDSM right. community. You know, your your thing is your thing. We're not going to yuck on your yum. <laughs> and in, in Polyland, there's a different story about that for the most, but 
again, it's a different story, and we could get really deep then. We'll save this for another topic, but mm -hmm. the difference between polyamory for, let's say, people that are over 40 and under 40. Yeah, right? there's a difference there, too. Yeah. So, but that's for another day. That is for another day. So, I think we covered it pretty well this time. I think so, too. If you would like to make me part of your co-amorous, feel free to hunt <laughs> me. I'll put my hey, little unicorn tag on. I think guys have a different name than unicorn, but I don't remember oh, what they it do. is. Someone told us what it was. Bull? Stallion? Uh, bull's a different thing, totally. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Ryan, maybe, but yeah, bull's a totally different thing. All right. That's all about cuckolding, and we need someone to talk about that at some point. Different yeah. topic over I, I wouldn't mind wearing a unicorn, but it's, I'm supposed to be single. Pretend. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's really what about most of what we've talked about is not pretending. It's exactly. Not, you know, bye, Dom. Bye, Dan.